ബ്രഹ്മാനന്ദം പാറമസുഖാദം കേവലം ഗാനമൂർത്തി ദന്താത്തീതം ഗഗനസദൃശം തത്വമശ്യാദിലക്ഷം ഏകം നിത്യം വിമലമാചാലം സാർവദേശാക്ഷിഭൂതം ഭവാത്തീതം ത്രിഗുണരഹിതം സദ്ഗുരും ത്വം നമാമി I bow to my guru in the infinite I bow to him in you You know one of the big debates in modern times has been between science and religion Science has given us something religion needed to give us but all too often has not done Science has not given science has given us the idea of testing our beliefs I remember back oh I was 22 when I came to Yogananda and it was just a short time before I met him mind you when I met him I didn't know anything about Indian teachings but one thing I had read I had read a little book called it was the short world bible and in this world bible there were excerpts from the different religions when I came upon the excerpts from the Hindu religion I don't like to be a convert to anything this truth is truth. Sanatan dharma is not allied only to Hinduism. Sanatan dharma is the religion of the universe. Christianity teaches it, Buddhism teaches it, all of it teaches it, but only in India do you find the essence of Sanatan dharma. That is to say moksha. I don't know another religion that speaks of attaining moksha. Complete liberation from the ego. union with the spirit many talk about it but few really in terms that you can understand mostly it's a matter of well if you're a good boy you'll go to heaven and there'll be a lot of angels flitting around and you'll be playing a harp through eternity my god i can't think of anything more boring but uh, there isn't that understanding that you go beyond form beyond ego beyond i and you into oneness with the infinite now the beautiful thing that i found in this short reading that i had of the indian scriptures two things one was how cosmic it was it didn't relate it to a person it didn't relate it to a set of things to do it was universal i had wanted at one time to be an astronomer and this thought of a universe as vast as it is having a little tiny godhead it just didn't fit the other thing that i loved about it was try it and see if it works it isn't enough just to talk you must experience this is where science comes in and plays a very important role in the modern evolution of religion now in this book conversations with yogananda which i recorded while he was living the professor i'm still on the same professor who was asking the first questions in this book what is the difference asked the professor between science and religion in the search for truth true religion the master replied is not theology it is born of deep inner communion with god 
I remember a pundit in Calcutta talking very learnedly about the differences between Sampragnata Samadhi and Asampragnata Samadhi. I didn't know what he was talking about, but the funny thing was I knew he didn't either. He had obviously not experienced either of them. Theology loves to dispute, to debate. I found a lot of that here too. But the wonderful thing about the great yogis that I've met, the wonderful thing that I found living with my guru was that it wasn't theology, it was communion. So he went on to say, true religion teaches us, for example, how to become the atom. Whereas theology at most only discusses the atom. Science studies the nature of the atom outwardly, proving its existence by experimentation. Inner religion, however, goes beyond experimentation to actual experience. It helps one to cognize by direct experience his oneness with the atom at its vital center. Now, this is a fascinating concept. You know, as one of the statements that Yogananda made, divine vision is center everywhere, circumference nowhere. You know, when you build a cabinet, you go out and buy the wood, and you saw it, and you hammer it together, and plane it, and all those things. God becomes everything. He doesn't see it from outside. It's not as if God were like Vishnu up in Vaikuntha. God is you. He's doing everything from the inside. He creates from the atom, the sperm and the ovum, when they first meet to create a body. From that center, outward, the body evolves. That th at that moment, the soul comes into the body and begins to create its own, according to its karma, the kind of body that it will have, depending on what kind of actions it did in the past. Now, this becoming is a very different way of looking at things and a very realistic way. I have found, for example, I write music. I've written a lot of music. You've heard a few of the songs here on this program. But what I always have done in writing music is try to get to the center. Not to say, well, the rules of music tell me to make this chord follows that chord. The beautiful thing about my experience in writing music is that I didn't know. I just felt the inspiration to write it, but not knowing the rules, I had to discover them. There are rules, there are laws, but I had to get at it from inside. If there is a message that I wanted to convey, I had to get into the heart of that message. I couldn't think it through rationally, and as a result, it evolved as a complete song. And uh, the melody, the chords, the words, all came out of that. Well, this is only an example. You can do it in cooking. You can do it in anything you want. Just get to the heart. If you want to understand another person, try to get to his heart. Don't understand it from outside. I mean, just look at the scene. Thousands of people around. All of them have two eyes, a nose, a head of some sort, ears. What God has done with that, the variety that he's managed to somehow create. But, you know, it's not just the fact that all those eyes look a little bit different, all those noses look a little bit different. That's not it at all. There was somebody I knew years ago, knew very well, but this person was going through a very hard time. 
and was very depressed. And I had to go meet this person at a station in Italy, in Foligno. You know, as well as I knew this person, I did not recognize him. I went to the waiting room. There was only one person there. I said, but it was that person I couldn't recognize. Why? Because the consciousness had changed. As your consciousness changes, your face changes. As they say that for the first 40 years of your life, you have the face God gave you, and after that, you have the face you created. Well, in a way, it's true from the very beginning, because you've created the body that you were born to have. And so, in that, um, we find the beginnings of the unity between religion and science. Experience. Try it. See if it works. There's another saying here that I wanted to ask uh, on this same program today. Very interesting one. The professor posed the classic question, which came first, the tree or the seed? The seed came first, the master answered without hesitation, as the idea of a deed precedes the deed itself. The tree was, in this way, a special creation. God, when he set the process in motion, gave the tree seeds that it might produce other trees like itself. Everything at first, he added, is an idea, a special creation. This again shows that we need to begin from the idea. We need to begin from the inside. We are a reflection of our consciousness. And instead we think that if we can put on different paint, if we can look different, if we can put on different clothes and um, make things different outwardly, that somehow the world will be um, answering to our, of what we're trying to project. Well, the world will be what you project of yourself. If you want to be happy, be happy. If you want to be unhappy, well, who does? But most people seem to want to because that's what they are. There was a man in a little town in Vermont, in America, who was this sort of town grouch. And he'd snarl at the children for running over his flower beds and get all angry because the dog would go yapping in his yard and he'd always have something to complain about. And this went on for years and people just sort of wrote him off as one does as the town grouch. Then one day he came out with a smile and people thought, well, what's the matter? And he kept having that smile and he was smiling at the children and he smiled at the dog and he was friendly to people and finally they just couldn't understand this at all. This wasn't their town grouch. He was not behaving himself. So they appointed a committee and the committee came to him and they, they said, well, look what's happened. How come you're, you're always smiling now? Uh, you aren't sort of fitting in the box that we had for you. And he said, you know, for years I was trying, just waiting for the world to make me happy and I realized it wasn't going to do it. So I decided I was just going to be happy. Well, we need to understand that the world will reflect what we determine to be. Now, the sort of bridge between science and religion 
is the simple question science asks it with regard to weight, measure, motion, all those things, which are not essentially very interesting things in themselves. But bit by bit, science has come a long way toward trying to understand human nature more. And <coughs> you find in psychology, because they tend to come at human nature from the scientific standpoint, because they want to be justified as scientists also, and so they treat human beings more or less as sort of mechanisms. But bit by bit, I think science is coming in tune with yoga. You know, there are three basic philosophies in India. Shankya, Yoga, Vedanta. You know that. Shankya basically teaches you why. Why you should get away from this world of uh, identity with the senses, identity with the ego, identity with the smallness of life. Vedanta tells you what life is really all about. Aham Brahmasmi. I am the infinite. Yoga is the science of religion. Yoga says, if you do this and this and this, you'll find out for yourself. Isn't enough to believe. But once you've found out, for example, I talked of this peace. Well, talk is cheap. But as you meditate and you feel this peace, oh, it's so wonderful. It's sort of like sitting under a, a weightless waterfall, like mist coming down, cooling you on a hot day. Meditation is by no means a boring thing. When you sit still in meditation and you begin to feel yourself relaxing, the first thing you should do is relax from attachments. After all, when you go to sleep at night, you don't worry about the world being there in the morning. It'll be there. When you sit to meditate, don't think, oh, I've got this thing to do, that thing to do, the other thing to do. Forget it for a while. Just pretend you're going to sleep. But of course, don't go to sleep. Because instead of going into the subconscious, you're trying to go up into the superconscious. The more you can do that, the more you see that whatever happens, nothing touches you. You know, years ago, somebody came to me. Oh, you always get these kind of people in the world. He was trying to tell me that my whole life has just been a complete waste. Nothing I've done has any value. And it was a little bit depressing, because he was an intelligent person, although I saw that he himself was not happy, and I was, of course, happy. Nonetheless, there was a certain feeling of, of uh, why did he have to talk like that? I had done so much for him, and here he was trying to hurt me, deliberately. And then, I just, after he left, I turned to God and I said, well, God, it's your life. If, if you're pleased, fine. If you're not pleased, I'll just try to do better. What else can I do? But I love you and nobody can take that away. And you know, the beautiful thing was the moment that thought came to me, this song, which you're going to hear in a few minutes, I Live Without Fear, just popped into my mind and I wrote it down. But I, the thought was that even though life goes, God's love is always there. And the dance of life and the dance of death, they just go on and on and on. But that one divine, benign presence is always there. I've watched movies here made in 
Bollywood, as you call it, with the women getting all emotional about things. I think if they could just understand, underneath all those waves, underneath all that excitement, all that tragedy, God is always there smiling. And I think behind everything of my Guru's smile, no matter what went wrong, no matter what happened, always there was that smile. Smile in God. Namaskar. No green summer fade and winter draw near. My Lord, in your presence, I live without fear. Through tempest, through snows, through turbulent tide, the touch of your hand is my strength and my guide. I ask for no Yeah.